Chapter Four of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. A peasant farmer in a remote district of the Highlands stood at the door of his cottage conversing with his wife. The man's name was John Mackenzie, and the little tract of land which he tilled was named Drynach the cottage was a roomy place designed and built by amateur hands with some assistance from the mason and carpenter the architecture was primitive and odd but the whole result was comfort space and decency the owner a strapping fellow of thirty-five years with a dark beard and fine gray eyes leaned up against the side of a porch which was creeper covered with the hardy convolvulus the season was unusually hot and dry and on this glorious july afternoon the sun poured down such mighty rays as are not often felt in the highlands the farmers looked thirstily day by day for rain lamenting the moisture necessary to their light and sandy soil but accommodating their minds with the patience of their race to the perversity of a climate which rarely blesses the efforts of human toil with liberal assistance the country was bleak poor and yet beautiful having much natural splendor though little luxuriance for human needs a broad valley spread between the hill ranges here and there lay a silvery loch the universal heather ground was broken by the green gold of ripening corn the verdure of sparse pastures or bluish drills of turnips and potatoes every level and bray that would give some return to culture carried its crop woods of birch low gray and bushy covered the knolls of unredeemed land or the glorious growth of heather spread undisturbed while isolated groups of pine shot sombrely upward strengthening the air with their fine aroma fir woods covered the lower hills where according to the farmer's opinion sheep should have been grazing and the higher hills with their solemn unapproachable sides reflected the mute language of the sky in the perpetual change of light and shadow on this still july afternoon nothing stirred in the air save here and there the white wing of a loch gull no sound met the ear save the light domestic noises from inside the cottage and now and then the shout of a peasant child herding cows at a distance i must be off to fetch the kai home said john mackenzie to some person invisible within the cottage ay responded a voice there you stand like a crow in a cornfield just always ready to be away it was a soft voice with a musical fall and rise and drawl in it a measured temperance of long habit conveying sharp words harmlessly and it belonged to john mackenzie's wife annie where will the bonny wee lassie be inquired john lowering his voice and peering round curiously she is just drinking her tea in her room she will soon be through with that returned john it is no a very great occupation oh yes she will soon be through and an awful uncommon hour for tea drinkin annie indeed we will no be findin fault with new-fangled notions that have their uses it will just be givin me time to look round and to find myself again 
five o'clock is no a very decorous hour for tea insisted mackenzie but she's bonny added he softly and you will have been saying that a good few times john mackenzie annie ah weel i was just in a terrification when i was seeing her first i call her awful bonny it fetches a body's breath to see a lassie like that stepping out of a train her lane and coming up and just saying are you john mackenzie indeed and it will be making a woman start to see her step into the kitchen like a wraith and to hear her saying shall i wash up for you mrs mackenzie it will be an awful strange dispensation for us annie ah weel we must be taking the lord's well as it falls upon us and she pays well oh yes it's a good input she pays well though she's but a lassie and a bonny one so bonny that she casts a shadow ay she makes the wee bit hoosie look ill sorted and such a sight o bonniness goin her lane makes a body think i'm thinkin we may just as well think good as ill thoughts i'm not sayin to the contrary you will be kind to her annie indeed i hope so i shall do my best wherever and best brings best along after it at times john mackenzie replied annie with deliberation that has a fine sounding flourish but i'm not very sure it will fit the uncertainties of this world it will be an ill thing to be sorry for our wrong-doing but it is a worse to be sorry for our good john scratched his head i'm not very sure if that will be sound doctrine annie but when she is through with tea what then indeed she will ever be weary until i find her a new occupation i must just give her the grape john mackenzie and bid her left a potato for to-morrow's dinner it makes a body giddy to have to bid a rare bonny leddy left potatoes how will she answer annie just thank you mrs mackenzie her voice is soft like honey and she is ay teachable and gentle whilst i turn over in my mind if it's wakin or dreamin but i hold on to my pegs and pans and look no further biden's better nor spirin and there's just no time for wonder ah weel it is an awful strange dispensation has colin been indeed you would be hearin if he had then colin has not seen her yet i will not be saying whether he has met her in the road i made some mention of the matter to colin a man's tongue is ever ready with clash nay woman this is a dispensation that wants a wee bit explanation it makes a body feel mixty maxty to come upon her sudden like amidst the pots and pans and what will colin be saying oh he will just be saying that there is no enquiring into the new-fangled ways of an ill place like london colin thinks himself no sheepshank oh he will ever be a very discreet douce man i'm not saying to the contrary whist john she will be coming downstairs now i can hear the jangle of the cups 
it is a sore dispensation having a london lassie in and out amongst the kitchen work but i will not be saying that it is worse than a man standin haverin on the doorstep so saying mrs mackenzie who had been throwing the soft modulations of her voice from some place invisible appeared on the threshold she had a matronly figure soft red hair falling upon each side of her forehead steady grey eyes with a smile in them and a beautifully arched head the effect of her glance upon her husband's face was as the quiet and unnoticeable stirring of conscience within him the two things had been for so long a period simultaneous that john mackenzie ceased to discriminate between them he thought it an original stirring of compunction which now reminded him of his cows and caused him to walk off suddenly with a strong swinging gait mrs mackenzie turned back into the cottage to welcome with the same genial smile of kindliness the entrance of another person an inner door which had been closed before was now open and upon the threshold stood a slim girl clothed in a grey linsey dress and holding a tray she had the cautious look of one unaccustomed to the office her two small hands grasped the sides firmly and her eyes were bent in anxious solicitude upon the crockery while a slight tension in the grace of her figure marked a conscious difficulty of poise from the ruffled shadowy hair gathered above the arch of the head to the small foot planted on the ground with elastic firmness she was a perfect model of a very rare type of beauty and when she raised her dark lashes and fixed her eyes with the whimsical look of fright in them upon mrs mackenzie she had a marvellous charm some faces distort the expression of beautiful feeling others fling trifling and even ignoble emotions into a momentary exquisiteness of setting some souls beat out their deep and tragic personality in an inherited mould of stupidity others carry their trivial experiences through a medium of ancestral nobility mrs mackenzie relieved the girl of her tray and set it upon the table shall i wash up the things asked the newcomer in musical well-bred english oh yes if you will not be minding it you can wash up and when that is done when that is done returned mrs mackenzie with a great patience you will be taken the grape but what is the grape mrs mackenzie produced an agricultural instrument in the shape of a short iron fork a grape will just be this fork oh thank you and you will be going down to the potato drill the drill in the garden i think i know thank you and you will be leftin a few potatoes for dinner to-morrow shall i have to dig deep asked the girl with a pretty animation not deep at all you will just be gently loosening the roots and then you will be shaking the plant out of the soil and you will be finding the potatoes thank you and shall i peel them afterward folks returned mrs mackenzie with the faintest sign of exasperation well be restin' from their labour at eventide i am not tired 
potato peelin is hairtin to the skin it will be very hashin to your wee bit hands i do not mind returned the girl with intense earnestness i wish to work i wish to help you oh yes returned mrs mackenzie with a sigh the conversation was broken by the patter of two barefooted children into the kitchen it was one of mrs mackenzie's secret grievances that since the bonny leddy's advent she had been unable to keep her own little maisie and maisie's five or six companions from pattering over the carefully cleaned floors in order to get a fair look at the show End of chapter four